0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Unmuted podcast. I'm your host, Bella Passi. Unmuted is a podcast where we host conversations on pressing issues in today's society, including things like social protest, Black Lives Matter, COVID, and reconciliation. We will host interviews with a diverse group of students from the PLNU community. Unmute It focuses on topics that may be considered too hard to talk about, but show that by having the conversation, we can start the change that is needed in these times. For today's conversation, we will be discussing the concept of multiracial identity. And with me, I have two guest speakers, Anika Wong and Minura Peace. We're so excited to have Annika and Minura here with us today as they share their experiences on what it's like to be multiracial, as well as some of the obstacles they have encountered in navigating their racial identity. Hey guys, welcome. Um, we're super excited to have you here with us and I'm really excited to really delve into today's topic as it's something near and dear to my heart. Um... But before we even jump into any of that, why don't I have both of you introduce yourselves? So all the usual stuff that by now our listeners know I'm going to say, but name, um, your major, your year in school, all that fun stuff. So Manera, why don't we start with you?
1: Hi, everybody. I'm Manera Peace. I'm a senior dietetics major. Um, I live in Flagstaff, Arizona, but I'm originally from Buffalo, New York. Thank you.
2: Hi guys, my name is Annika Wong and I'm a junior organizational communications major and I'm currently living in San Diego, I'm originally from Honolulu, Hawaii. Awesome, thank you both.
0: Um, so like I said, I'm really excited to talk about today's topic um, and this topic of multiracialism and what it means to be somebody who's multiracial. Um, as somebody who's multiracial, I feel like so many of the questions I'm going to ask you today are just like questions I've thought about and like want the answer to. So no pressure, but your answers are gonna dictate my whole uh, identity crisis from here on out. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, But before we even start that part of it, um, as our listeners probably know, I like to give kind of a historical context to what we're talking about Um, so it's like a little mini lesson I say, um, and then we'll kind of jump into the questions, but to start, um... Who are and what is even like multiracialism um, and multiracial individuals? So, multiracial people are racially and culturally diverse and identify with two or more races. Um, starting in the 1980s, new researchers sought to explain that mixed-race individuals comprised their own racial category, establishing an independent multiracial identity. Among these researchers, Maria Root published racially mixed people in America, which justified mixed race individuals as their own racial category, thus explaining how they endure their own unique racial development. So a little bit of how this even became a thing or was on the radar, I guess the people was actually because it was not until 1960 that people could select their own race on the US census prior to that an individual's race was determined by census takers known as enumerators. I think that's how you say it. Um, And it was not until 2000 that Americans could choose more than one race to describe themselves allowing for an estimate of the nation's multiracial population. So it's kind of interesting just learning a little bit about how that term I guess was even coined and stuff. Um, And I think something that was really interesting even as like we were doing the research. And when I say we, I mean, Fernanda, our researcher. Um, but what we talked about was that this is like a very new concept still. So like the research on this, there's like not a ton of it because it's like like still so new and people are still learning so much about it like every day. Um, so even that I thought was a bit interesting. Um, but kind of going off of what I just said then, if you guys could tell us a little bit about you know who you are and really like, what makes up your ethnic identity,
2: where you come from, Um,
0: yeah, a little bit about that. So whoever wants to start first.
2: I can go, Um, so I am half Chinese, my dad was born in Hawaii just 20 days after my grandparents um, came into the country from China, and my mom is full white, blonde hair, blue eyes, Um, in Hawaii we call white people haole, Um, and so I'm hapa Hali, half white. Um, Awesome, thank you.
1: Yeah, um, my father is African American, and my mother is Caucasian. So I'm a cute little mix of the two. I like to call myself an Arnold Palmer, you know, good 50, <laughs> lemonade and iced tea. <laughs> I love that.
0: That's so funny. Um, okay. Very cool. So growing up being multiracial, um, did you guys feel like, I guess like being multiracial, do you think that had an impact on you growing up that you now see as an adult or did you even like realize like you were multiracial or even like view it as like a separate entity in itself, if that makes sense. Like for me, I don't think I even realized like what like what consists of being multiracial meant until like I was in college and stuff. So like for me, it was kind of late in that realization. Um, So what was it for you guys? Were you like aware of it growing up or maybe not even calling it that, but viewing it as something else? How was that experience for you?
1: I can't say that I knew... I was different until I knew I was different mm. kind of thing. Um, my friends were my friends, and whether we came from different places or were going different places, I didn't notice, I didn't recognize, and not because I didn't want to notice or recognize because I was just a child, and I was human, my friends were human. And I saw no difference in that, and now, like I do see a difference, and I do know I'm different. I know I look different, um, but we all look different, so I didn't know. That I was different until I knew.
2: Mm, Yeah. Um, So I think I I have a little bit of a different story Um, growing up. So I grew up in Hawaii, which is predominantly Pacific Islander and Asian. Um, And so in my elementary school, me and my sister were the only white girls. Um, And so that was different. And my entire life, I was like told by like other people that I like wasn't Asian. Mm. Um, And so... I never viewed myself as like mixed race. Like I was like I was like a Chinese like local girl on the inside, but like I just like looked white, um, especially compared to like everyone else who was around me. So I didn't view myself as necessarily multiracial. I viewed myself as like completely white on the outside, and then just like my heart and my culture was like from Hawaii and and Chinese. So that was a little different. And it wasn't until I moved to San Diego for college that people actually were like, "No, you look like you're." Chinese Because I'd never heard that before. Mm -hmm. Um, It was interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something very like interesting about how your surroundings definitely probably like invoke realizations about yourself and stuff too. Because I feel like I had something similar, but in a different way where I grew up with like everybody being white and like the way I look, um, I'm a quarter Chinese and then white and then probably some other things, but yeah. Um, The way I looked was like, I looked, I could like fit in kind of both ways and stuff. So I grew up like very like white and then came here and then like working within um, Mosaic and all of those things. Then it was like the first time I felt like I was allowed to like not be white and like think about other things and what that even meant and possibility wise. But I think it is so interesting how just like your environment definitely like invokes like differences in um, how you view yourself. Yeah, totally. Um, So then with that, I guess separating yourselves from it for a second, how would you say in general you think multiracial people are perceived? And this can be up to your interpretation of like by the society, by the public. Um, But yeah, what do you guys think about it?
2: I think that um, there's a really big admiration for multiracial people just in like the physical aspect of the way we look. Um, People view us as like more exotic. Mm. Um, which is an interesting conversation in and of Mm -hmm. itself, but, um, I've like been told by other people, they're like, oh, you're so lucky that you're a mix. I wish I was a mix Mm. because when you are, then you're different and you're unique and that's interesting. But then there's another side of people who like get frustrated. And I think as like a multiracial person myself, the way that I perceive myself is like, and I'm sure we've all gone through phases of this, but like not being Chinese enough for. And then still like being Asian, but like I'm not completely white either. And there's like this this dissonance between the two. Um, and so I think it really just depends on person. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, definitely.
1: Yeah, kind of to go off of that, It's uh, I have some mixed emotions about it. I mean, I love who I am, and I'm going to love whoever's around me, whether they're multiracial or of one race or however they identify. Um, but I know growing up, there was a lot of I'm a mutt. Mm. I am a mixture of some things. Um, and I don't know if I've ever taken that as like an, like a bad way, but it's definitely been... Well, I'm not a dog. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a person. M- mutt would not be the word I would use. I am a mixture. Um, and then there are other times where it's, I do identify as one way, but I do also identify as my other part just because I am both and I'm proud of being both. Um, and then there's the part of society where it's, there's going to be white people who say I am not white enough mm. and there are going to be black people who say I am not black enough. So I'm kind of in the middle and as desirable as a lot of people see multiracial human beings to be, um, there's still that, well, you no longer fit into either side. You're kind of lost in the middle. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're forced to pick one and other times you're forced to pick neither. hmm
0: Yeah, that's so true. That's funny. You guys led me in kind of to my next question with that. Um, But I want to touch on, I guess, the concept of multiracial identity. Um, And this is from the Pew Research Center, but they say multiracial identity is not just the sum of the races on someone's family tree. How you were raised, how you see yourself and how the world sees you have a profound effect in shaping multiracial identity. Many mixed race Americans say that over the course of their lifetimes, they have changed how they viewed their racial identity, which I think is um, kind of really just affirming what we've already said a bit, is that it changes as you go into new settings and things like that. Um, But my next question was, did you ever have a moment in your life where you felt like you had to pick a side um, on which race you had to identify as? Um, I think there's this weird paradigm, almost like you said, where it's like, like mixed race people, multiracial people are viewed as exotic, like something to look at almost in a weird way, which I think in itself can be a bit uh, dehumanizing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think on this other side of it, there's this like need almost for society to be like, okay, but like, what are you? Like, I need you to define yourself so I can easily like put you in a box and like, I know, you know, like I need you to pick one. And Mm -hmm. that's like not at all, easy or attainable to do it all um, but I don't know have you guys ever felt like there was a moment where you had to pick um, a side of a race that you like had to identify more with at all?
1: Yes and no now that I'm older I've been through many life's experiences mm-hmm. I like to say that I'm both mm. um, but when it comes down to it I would have to say I'm a black woman in America. Um, the certain physical aspects of myself mm-hmm. put me in that box, um, whether I identify that as that or not. Um, I am a black woman, but I am also white. Mm-hmm. So I, I identify as both. Um, and if there's that pestering question, but, but what, but what? Mm-hmm. Okay, but yeah, like we get it, but what? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, if you force it out of me, I'm gonna say I'm a black woman. Mm-hmm.
0: Which is always, like, I feel like I'm always, like, but, like, why do I need to tell you Mm. stuff? Like, what purpose do you feel, like, entitled for, like, me to just, like, share that about myself? Right. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, such a common occurrence, Mm -hmm. I think, which is interesting. Did you ever have a moment in your life where you felt like you had to pick a side um, on which race you had to identify as? And that is, like, up to your interpretation um, of what that means for you, but... I don't know, did you ever have an experience where you felt like there was a pressure to be on one side or the other?
2: So I've had a couple experiences in my life where I wouldn't say there was a pressure to be on one side or another, but I was like put into that box, not on my own. Like Mm. other people did that to me. There was like one Like I can clearly remember in fourth grade, we learned about, um, the modern Hawaiian history. And so we learned about, um, when white people came and colonized Hawaii and, um, overthrew the monarchy and I was the only white person in the room. And so that was really uncomfortable. And I'm like not fully white, but in that moment, I was the only representative of that group of people. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I had, like, my friends, we would talk, go after class, and they were like, hey, Anika, when are you going to give me my land back? And that was just a really strange... Oh, my gosh, yeah. It was a really strange experience, and obviously, they were joking, as, like, fourth graders do, <laughs> but that's a pretty that's a pretty heavy one, um, and I just felt like I had to apologize for that side of myself, mm. which is a strange experience, Um but since then I have, well, since coming college, I've thought a lot more about like what it means to be multiracial. And now I wouldn't say that I am white or I am Chinese, but I'm both. And I think that that's really awesome. And sometimes it sucks for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think that there's one part of me that is more so than the other. Yeah, thank you. Um,
0: and kind of like going off of what you said and also what you said earlier in your answer, I think this connects into it because I think we've already kind of like um, established that there's been things said about like personal experience with microaggressions as it pertains to um, your multiracial identity. Um, And I think it's interesting because I think these are like a little bit more complicated in how we view them as microaggressions and stuff because I feel like I've gotten them, but I've felt like I shouldn't be allowed to be like offended by it because I'm not like fully that race at all. If that makes sense, even like if that like, because like I always like to say like being multiracial, I just feel like I'm having always, um, a continuous like identity crisis, like all the time. Cause I'm always like, who am I? What am I? Like, I don't know anymore, you know? Um, and I think that complicates it more than when you try to like address like things being said to you that like are microaggressive or not okay and stuff. But have you guys had any like of those personal things that have been said to you and could you like name it? Cause I think it's really important for listeners and people to just know like something that you wouldn't, ex- like you wouldn't even realize is a microaggression is, um, to state it. But have you guys had anything or can you think of anything that's been said to you like that before?
1: I've definitely had like one thing that sticks out. Two words: "you people." Mm. Um, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You people, as in relating to being black. Um, it's it's happened in a number of occurrences. So there's not one that really sticks out. It's just the the phrase like going on in a sentence. Maybe you're upset about something, and "you people" gets thrown into that mix. Mm. And we can have an open and honest conversation about anything, I promise I will not be offended. The second you throw me into this box of you people, you can bet Mm -hmm. I'm going to be a little standoffish. Totally. As in, what do you mean by you people, Mm -hmm.
0: you know? Yeah, and I think it's almost too, like it's like automatically distancing. Mm -hmm. Like when you're saying you people, it's like, okay, you obviously don't want to be in the same realm I'm in at all so like mm-hmm. what are you yeah no that's super
2: yeah very interesting yeah but, and that just like further creates divisiveness mm-hmm. it's just terrible yeah and I mean you people is usually not something that's like spoken about with love like that's there's a very strong Definitely. connotation um, just with that and I'm so sorry
0: yeah um, and not the best way to start a conversation um, if you want to like have a real conversation mm-hmm. like you said like that's I can probably recommend not like the best way to like have a conversation um, that's actually going to be beneficial to both parties. I would agree. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I concur. (laughs) Um, So this is something that we're going to talk about now that I continuously, and you guys have both touched on in ways but I want to go deeper with, am always like struggling with. Um, And it's this idea of like navigating your identity with your physical appearance as compared to your ethnic identity. So like, um, Manara, you touched on this earlier when you said like, if someone were to force me, like I would identify as like a black woman in America um, partially due to like the way I look, right? Um, There's certain physical attributes about us that like give us, um, people perceive us more as like one race than the other and things like that. Um, Something for me is like, I always get the, oh, you don't look Chinese at all. And then I'm always like, okay, well, like, how am I supposed to look to you and stuff? Like, um, almost like I feel like sometimes, like, a complete undermining of, like, my ethnic identity because I physically don't look the way they assume somebody or they, like, associate someone to look, like, in that way. Um, So I don't know. Have you guys had ever, like, thought about that? of Like, the way I physically look as compared to, like, my ethnic identity and, like, the impact of it or more so I guess people's perceival or perception of that um, and how that impacts you.
2: Yeah, I kind of touched on it a little earlier, but um, I didn't look Asian in Hawaii, and I genuinely believed that I didn't look Asian at all. Mm. Like, the entire time that I lived there. Um, And then I came to California, and we actually went, um, with Mosaic, to the racial reconciliation conference at Biola, and I went to a seminar on what it means to be biracial. Mm -hmm. um, And like another person who is half white and half chinese looked at me and said you're like you look chinese and that was like the first time anyone had ever said that to me mm-hmm. and i was like 19 years old mind you so there's a long time um of my 20 years that i haven't been told that yeah. um and so just like physically i'm i still don't believe that i look chinese and feel like i can't um speak to certain things that chinese people um are going through in america because I feel like I am so white passing, Um, even though that I know that I am not now. But yeah, that's been an interesting hurdle to get over. And usually I'm not like someone who likes to ponder um, the way that I physically look, but that's been something that I've really like had to grapple with over the past year, year and a half. Yeah, definitely
1: yeah, I think I' just I've just been put into that box of mm. you are black because you look it. Um, I am quite a large human being, mm-hmm. and then you add my large hair <laughs> on the top of it, like I'm, I'm like you can see me, you know? Um, and so my hair really just puts me into that box of, oh, black girl, right? Um, but growing up, uh, my hair is me. Mm-hmm. And I can't say it's like, oh, my hair's me because I'm black and white. It's just me, mm-hmm. period. There's no there's no race attacked onto the end of it. It's yeah. just, this is my hair. And I identify with my hair as like one of my staple pieces, but not because I'm black and not because I'm white, because it kind of represents who I am.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that's why like, I love having this conversation in some ways so much, because I think for me at least, like, the term multiracial has been important because it doesn't mean I have to then... Like we said, pick or choose to identify with this or this based on your looks, based on the percentage you are, any of those things. But instead I can be like, I'm multiracial. Like that is me more so than anything else. Like navigating the complexities of like a relationship like that. Um, And I like what you said, like, this is me. This isn't like this or this isn't this race or this race. This is just me and stuff. Um, And actually going off of what I just said, This is a question I just have and I've always thought about. Um, And so I just want to hear your guys' opinion on it. But do you guys feel like the different percentages as it pertains to your race matters within your ethnic identity? So for example, something I think about a lot is I'm not half, I'm not biracial, right? I'm 25% and I'm 75% white, which is something I think a lot about, um, especially in how I approach conversations about race um, and just about hard topics that have to do with race, like that's something I think about a lot um, because even though I know some people will consider me a person of color, I felt like I didn't grow up that way. So I don't feel like in some ways I'm able to fully claim that now, if that makes sense, even though I'm still like navigating that identity and everything it has. Um, But the 25% of me, very much does affect the way i look <laughs> you know so it's like even though it's 25 percent, which is still a significant amount it affects me very much so so in that way i'm always curious like i don't know do percentages matter because i feel like we always think 50 50 but like after that does it matter at all i don't know that's just like i wanted to know what was your guys's opinion or how did you have you even thought about that at all
1: Yeah, personally, I can't say I've ever put a cap and been like, oh, if you're not at least (laughs) 25%, it doesn't count, right? Like, I I am in no position to tell you what you are, who you are, how you should identify. Like, Mm. that's not my place. Um, There have been times uh, I had a friend used the N-word and she identified as something not black, um, as someone not black. And when she was called out by a group of people like, hey, this is offensive, Mm -hmm. um, well, I'm 16%. And it wasn't like she like, there were parts of her that were just kind of shoved in the back. She identified as something and she used this percentage as a way to get away with something else. Mm. And I'm not really sure what was going on in her mind to go about that so I can't comment too much on that but it it was a new way to look at this percentage Mm -hmm. because I was always well if you're mixed you're mixed Mm -hmm. you know yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's 2% 5% 50% 75 like it doesn't matter who you are is who you are identify as what you want um but this odd use of well i don't i don't recognize that part portion of myself right. until i get to use it for something else
0: right but just to like justify something? it was odd yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very yeah very odd what about you have you thought about it at all or even like i said i don't think i don't know if a lot of people ever think about this but i wanted to ask it because i'm like maybe there are people who think about it in that way
2: yeah i have thought about it a lot more recently, like within the past like month. Yeah. Um, But can't say that I really have an answer because I have heard those stories of people who use their percentage to just get away with things or say that they don't have privilege because they are this percent this. Mm. Um, And I don't, Think that that is necessarily the way that it should be used but I do believe that um I mean race is a social construct and and we should be able to like identify how we want to while still recognizing the way that the world sees us and what mm, that yeah so it's really like it's really a two-sided coin
0: it is it's such it's I know and that's why I'm like that's why I love asking the question because I'm like there is no like there's not a one answer fits all at all it's very much like I don't know how do you view it Um, so I mean a big part of the reason like I said is personal reasons why I wanted to have this conversation but I think a really important part to consider is that um, this isn't like a concept that will stop or decrease like this is actually something that's going to increase over time the amount of multiracial people we have in the world right so I actually have some statistics here um, so the white share of the U.S. population as of 2020 is 59.7%, um, has been dropping since 1950, and it will continue to go down. Today, after whites, the Hispanic population is the next biggest group at 18.7% of the U.S., followed by blacks and Asians, um, Asian Americans. What will the country look like racially in 2030? So whites will have dropped to 55.8% of the population and Hispanics will have grown to 21.1%. The percentage of black and Asian Americans will also grow significantly. So eventually the white population will become a minority dropping below 50% of the U.S. population in around the year 2045. So in research done in 2015, a substantial majority of Americans, 61%, with a background that includes more than one race, say that they do not consider themselves to be multiracial. About 29% of mixed-race adults who now report more than one race for themselves say they used to see themselves as just one race. And one in five, so 21%, of mixed-race adults sometimes feel pressured to identify as a single race as they have been pressured by family friend, uh, family, friends, or society in general to identify as a single race. So I say all that to say, this is a concept that I think more and more people are contemplating with as we have more people who are now multiracial. And this is something that's going to grow like more exponentially. So I think it's important to have this conversation now because, um, it's only going to get bigger over time. Um, but After we've talked about society a little bit, I want to go back to it and say, do you think society, generally speaking, prefers to have multiracial people classify themselves by only one or two races as opposed to, you know, multiple and things like that? Um, I don't know. What do you
2: guys think about it? I absolutely believe that that's what society wants because it makes them comfortable. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of another cliche to use, but I mean, so, um, America tends to be a black or white, um, kind of nation. You're either right or wrong. You're either a Republican or a Democrat and you're one race or another. Um, and that's what makes people feel comfortable. So to identify as more than one, and then sometimes like, I'll be like, I'm multiracial and I won't specify which races that makes people really uncomfortable.
1: Um, and so, yeah, they really just don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to kind of piggyback off of that, the, the idea of comfort, but also the idea of easy. Mm. just makes it easy to one box, check it, move on. Yeah. You know, if one, the second you want to choose two boxes, it gets confusing. And then it's, well, well which one? Yeah. which one more so like for me it's I'm I'm going to choose the black African American mm-hmm. and I'm going to choose Caucasian and there are people who are well is your mom white? I'm assuming your mom is white. Mm-hmm. If I say no you're going to ask if my dad is white? Mm-hmm. Um, like this this idea of needing to know and needing to have all of the answers so to just not ask makes it easy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah that's so true and I like what you said about like checking the boxes and things like that just brought up a memory for me of like, of like, I think for me, especially when I was like applying to college for the first time and they make you do all of the like, what race are you? Da, 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 da. And I remember just feeling so happy when I would finally have it, at, like have one that I could check multiple boxes off because mm-hmm. of. I hated. And it took me so long to pick like which one, if it was only like, you could only choose one. Mm-hmm. Have it. Yeah. Weeks have it. Yeah. And so, But you're right, it is like, so it is so like, hey, okay, you got it. You have A or B, like which one do you want and stuff? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think you're right. Like it is such a comfortability thing of like people not wanting maybe to even like put in the time to like understand or do the research or like learn a bit more. It's easier to just be like, you got to pick one so I can put you in my head as this and like we'll go mm-hmm. forward and stuff.
2: Yeah, and I mean, we're both biracial and mm-hmm. so for the people who are multiracial who have three, four, five, uh-huh. like, and they're looking at their SATs and they can only check one box. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. To think about that you'd have to like narrow yourself down to just one. One part of you. Yeah. Which is, I think it's sad
0: because then it's like, how do you interpret that? Like what what you're... Um, government and what your society like deems you as worth yeah. and stuff yeah it's very yeah it's a lot um so we kind of have this question about the what are you question and I'm not going to ask you it fully because I feel like we've like kind of covered a lot of that already but um and you've talked about this a bit too with like and both of you actually have of like the what are you which I think a lot of multiracial people get is like very in itself like for me it's a trigger because I'm always like. Well, I'm a person, like I'm a human being, so that's like, who am I is like a better question than like the what are you thing. Um, so I wanted to take this more of as an opportunity of like, what do you think are good ways for people to approach conversations like that with like, instead of saying what are you like, what are better things to say if you want to like if you want to have a conversation? Because like for me, I'm more than willing to have a conversation, but it's more about how we first like get into it and stuff too. So I don't know what are like what would you guys recommend in those scenarios.
1: Um, I think more reserved questions, maybe like what is your heritage mm. or even what do you identify as, um, which could be a complex question mm-hmm. and will receive a complex answer, but it's, it's much nicer mm-hmm. and more appealing and more like answer wanting than, well, what are you? What are you? Yeah. You know, like what do you identify as? And I'm like, oh, well, thanks for asking, mm. blah, blah, blah. Instead of what are you? Human. <laughs> like, like, like what else do you want me to say I don't know <laughs> blood and muscles and, like,
0: <laughs> yeah definitely yeah and I think even like what is your ethnic identity like any of those things what's your mm-hmm. racial identity mm-hmm. um which still I even think like feeling it out and stuff right because I sometimes I've gotten things which I think is illegal like people ask me in job interviews like I was just wondering like what are you? And I'm like, this is like, yeah, like (laughs) very illegal. Um, No, I'm not going to call it out. just (laughs) kidding. But, (laughs) but um, I think also like being able to feel out the conversation, like when is that an appropriate time to ask? And like, what level, what level are we on to like ask that question to? Yeah.
2: It's strange when people who I've never met before Mm -hmm. will stop me and say, like ask me what I am because I, I don't know you anything. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know. Yeah. Um. But when I like have a personal relationship with someone and they're like, hey, I like, yeah, what is your ethnic identity and what do you identify as? I'm like, well, thank you so much for asking. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm actually really proud to be Chinese. Yes. Um, and that's, it really depends on the context. So take those social cues, <laughs> feel that. the room, people. If it doesn't feel right and you get a bad reaction, say that you're sorry and move on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's yes, very good advice. Um, because most of the time, at least for me, like I, do, I, if I can talk about myself, like I'll talk about myself. So it's not like I have an issue sharing. It's the way somebody approaches me and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, so kind of to wrap up, right? We've talked and. Tried to give advice to people about, hey, let's how to like, how do you have the conversation with somebody? What is advice you would give to someone who is in the process of trying to navigate their ethnic identity as a multiracial person? Because um, I, I mean, there's so many out there, I think. So, what would you say to them as they try to go through that process? It's a weird question. It's it's a hard question because it's such a complex
2: thing. I think I would go with. I guess this isn't advice. It's more of encouragement. But every part of you is valid. Um, It's like the encouragement that you don't have to stick yourself in a box Mm -hmm. and no one else has the right to stick you in a box. Um. And then also seek out other multiracial people Mm -hmm. because the odds are they feel the same way that you do, and it is so wonderful. It's so wonderful to be an individual, but it's so wonderful to be in a community where people are going through the same things that you are and wrestling with the same questions and like bounce ideas off of each other. And I personally know that this podcast has been really awesome for me because- love being with multiracial ladies. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> and just like hearing your guys' thoughts and the way you guys have grown up. I mean, you grew up in New York, so you had a vastly different experience than I. Um, New York and Hawaii are two very different places. <laughs> yeah. A lot of different culture, but um, it's been wonderful doing that. So I would encourage anyone else who's struggling with these questions to go find someone else who I'm from the same place. Yeah, awesome.
1: Yeah, to piggyback off of Valid, um... In finding myself, it was finding beauty, Mm -hmm. regardless of what you identify as, regardless of what cookie-cutter box somebody wants to put you in. You are beautiful. Mm -hmm. There's no Mm -hmm. ifs, ands, buts, or whys. You just are. Um, You're beautifully and wonderfully made to be you, not the 2.0 version Mm -hmm. of the full person that's sitting next to you, whether they're full white, full Chinese, full African-American, like full. You were 100% 100% you, 100% of the time. There's only one version of perfect and it's perfect at being you. Yeah. Um, so my, my advice, it's really more of encouragement. Just you're beautiful and whoever you choose to be and whatever you decide to identify as, know that you're valid, you're worthy, you're loved mm-hmm. and you're beautiful for how you choose, not how society wants to choose for you.
0: Yeah, oh, that's so well said, I love that. Yeah, um, I think I would say to people, it's a process and there's no, it's a process that I think you're gonna have your whole life is figuring Mm -hmm. who you are. Um, But don't feel guilty about figuring it out and don't feel guilty about living into both sides of, or multiple sides of who you are because those are all equally as valid in percentage, in um, physical appearance. They all matter just as much Um, because they make up who you are as an individual. Um, Yeah, and I like what you said. I like what both of you said of just seek out others because I think sometimes it's hard to like put what you're feeling, especially with this into words. So when you have somebody, you can be like, oh, wait, I like know exactly what you're talking about. That is like in itself, I think such an affirmation Um, and learning to like really probably just view yourself as one singular person and not as multiple parts like realizing those multiple parts make up who you are and like who you are is beautiful and amazing oh my gosh i love this conversation this has been so good and so like giving to me i think um and what i needed to hear as well so yeah thank you guys so much um this is a conversation like i always say that we want to keep having this is the start of it right we want to encourage others to have this as well um but I'm so happy to have you guys both here today. Is there anything that you guys want to promote at all before we go? I don't
1: think all. So. Nothing comes to
2: mind right Great. now. Great. We've had people promote their Instagram. We've had <laughs> everything. Well, I mean, I guess I'll take a moment. Yeah. So Ministry with Mexico is no. doing this really awesome thing called care for community. We've got an Amazon wish wishlist. Yeah. Um, so if you guys were interested, you guys can go onto Amazon. There's a link at the PLNU underscore MWM Instagram page. And you guys can buy um, just these uh, gifts and also necessities for the orphans that we're working with. Um, and uh, it's really awesome because you're not just donating money. You're actually getting to see the physical product. Um, that's going to be going, uh, across the border to these wonderful, wonderful children who I miss very much. Mm-hmm. So you guys have the chance to check it out. Um, Instagram at PLNU underscore MWM. Awesome. Thank you. Love
0: that. Go do it. Um, Awesome, well thank you guys and we'll definitely be hearing from you soon. Thanks so so much for having us. Thank you for listening to our podcast and for supporting us and stay tuned for when we come back next week as we invite Hannah Wald and Zab Dominguez on to speak about the importance of voting and how to talk about the election. We'll share why they believe voting and paying attention to the election matters. Until then, Be sure to stay safe and we will see you soon. Take care.